In today's episode, we're speaking to Anwin Bar. Anwin is a certified wealth strategist, gender racial wealth gap advocate, and founder of Wealth Fluency. She has 10 years of experience working with major banks in Europe to implement systems that make them a lot of money. She's uniquely placed to help women understand their finances and develop systems to help them build wealth, achieve financial security and the freedom they are looking for. And today we're talking to her about how to set up your business to create wealth. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And guess what? I have the amazing, the beautiful and incredibly intelligent and someone I'm actually learning for myself, Anwin Bar with us. Welcome, Anwin. Hello. Hello, wealthy people. How are you doing? We're doing really, really well. So Anwin, tell us in your own words what it is that you do. They've heard your intro, but in your own words, tell us what it is that you do. Well, what I do is help you build wealth. And how do we go about that? So I work with business owners to set up their business, not only to create an income and give you an income, but to actually build wealth. Okay. And there's a massive difference between having a business that gives you an income So that means it only pays your bills and actually building wealth. That means your net worth, it keeps going up and up and up and up. Awesome. And this is exactly the topic we're going to be talking about today. So today we're going to be discussing how to set up your business to create wealth. So let me ask this question first. I mean, doesn't everyone who sets up a business does so with the intention of creating wealth? You would think so, right? Mm. <laughs> you would think I know so. I the so answer to this. I know, but I, I, would, I, I want to get your opinion about it because the answer is no, obviously. But why? Um, generally, it's just a misconception because wealth is attached to money. Hmm. So you being rich means you are wealthy. And there is a more holistic definition of wealth because mm-hmm. wealth, again, impacts every single aspect of your life. Yeah. So you being wealthy is having that balance with your spirituality, with your relationship, mm. with your kids. You know, that is what is wealthy. If you ask Steve Jobs now, who give all his money to spend an extra day with his family. Mm. Okay. So it's your health as well and so forth. So it's having that balance. And for those that are in the coaching space, you know, the will of life, Mm. that is basically your wealth. What are you putting in those categories Mm. and are they balanced? So that's why there's that confusion between wealth and riches only because you're hitting six figure, seven figure, eight figure, whatever figure Mm. doesn't necessarily mean you're wealthy because you're lacking in all the other aspects of your life. I agree. And I think I'm going to add a bit more to that because being a money mindset coach, I know this as well, that people who make six and seven or even eight figures, because I work with a lot of seven, eight figures now on a, on a one-to-one basis. And I find that these individuals who are high net worth and they, they, the, most of them are actually working really hard, going from seven figure annually to seven figure on a monthly basis. That's how they hit the eight figures mark. They still are not wealthy because this very concept, their business is not set up to create wealth. It's set up for a business. And profit is um, usually dismissed and it's not even taken. It's supposed to be as long as the cash flows there and you're making money. The idea is something different. So this is something 
that even large, um, you know, large company um, owners who, you know, seven, eight, even maybe nine figures, they completely miss the point of creating wealth. They're just, they're so busy making money. They forget making money and building wealth are two separate things. And this is why I think today's topic is it's so important to recognize. So let's 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 go straight into it. So Anwin, what would you so for example, if I come to you and I say, okay, Anwin, I have a company and actually I've got two well, multiple companies, but let's talk about two specific companies. I've got a coaching business and I've got my property business, and I've got a trading one as well. But when it, especially when it comes to my coaching business, I don't know how to build wealth from it. What would be the first thing you you would say to me? How would we how would we take me on on this journey to make sure that my business is set up correctly to create wealth, to build wealth, rather than just to churn out money? Okay, so where I will start with is obviously the legalities. So there's an assumption that you have set up the business. So I'm just going to assume here because okay. you said you have a company yeah. that you've already set yourself up, whether as a PLC or a limited yeah. or a corporation and so on and so forth, depending what jurisdiction you are. Yeah. But basically, they're all the same. Yeah. And then the next thing would be, are you paying yourself? Mm, okay. Are you paying yourself? That would be the first thing I would look at because then that is what it is that mm. then kind of pivots everything else in regards to how you are setting up your business. Okay. I Most people don't, and myself included, I don't, because um, I don't need the money from it. I don't take the money from it. And I have other my other business. They I get I take my wage from my other company. So this company I don't take the money from. So that, so that would be the so that would be the first red flag for you that I'm not paying yes. myself from this particular company. Okay. Yes, that would be the first thing. So I use the profit first methodology by Mike McCullough, mm-hmm. which kind of very, very much is I love the way all the things I do kind of overlap each other, yeah. which kind of matches up with your methodology mm. as well with the different buckets. Mm. So it's about having different buckets and these different buckets are the things you focus on first and okay. profit and paying yourself and your taxes and then your operational costs mm. are the first things you think about. And then anything else kind of gets dealt with with the leftovers. And what I get a lot of, oh, um, I'm reinvesting it all back in my business. That's yeah. why I do not Invest. That's that, I mean, and that would that's be that would be my answer myself. to you. So that would be my answer to you. That I'm I'm okay. just reinvesting it back into the marketing and and buying and you know buy, you know and on coaching again because obviously you know I'm still learning. So I've, I've mm-hmm. I pay a chunk of it comes out and instead of paying me, it goes to pay off one of my mentors or whatever else. So I'm I'm <laughs> just putting the money back into the company to you know for marketing and other purposes, which is fine. But if I ask you how much it is, are you reinvesting in your company? All of it, the, or, you know, apart from you know that uh, most of most of it comes back into Rian, either either paying mm-hmm. ads or paying getting more leads, or um, you know paying for um, yeah it will be for you know mentorship thing anything anything like that it yeah. all goes back in. You see, the difference there is that you said everything hmm. rather than a specific figure. Yeah, because I, I have no idea whatever the amount is. It, it, so this is interesting. That is whatever it. the amount is, it always is. So it could be ten thousand, it could be twenty thousand, it could be thirty thousand. Whatever the figure is, it's going to go back in. There is yes. no set percentage. It's always the whole thing. By the end of the month, I'm like, oh, it's gone again. Oh, okay. Yes. Whereas in my personal business, my personal life, that doesn't happen. It's it's it's, it's structured in, in, based on the five bank accounts, and that's why I have I think I have more control over it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the company, I want it to grow and I want it to grow rapidly, so it goes all that goes back in. Yes. And it's fine for all of it to go back in. 
but I want you to be able to say, okay, this month I have reinvested 20K back in my business. This month I've reinvested 30K back in your business. You are aware of how much it is that you're reinvesting back in your business Mm. because then that makes me know that you're intentional about what you're investing in your business Ah. because you might sit there and think, oh, then we do the calculations. Oh, I reinvested 100K. If I knew that earlier, probably I wouldn't have reinvested all 100K back in my Mm. business. So it's about being intentional that, yes, I am doing this on purpose rather than it just happening which is a lot of times what I get because it's more of a rebuff on I'm reinvesting it. It's a get out clause. It's a get out clause. It is. And I think it's it's a way to when you have, especially the thing is, especially when you have multiple businesses and you've got a lot going on, it's easier just to hand over and just deal with whatever and just hand over at the end of the year, end of the month, end of the quarter to your accountant and let them deal with it rather than you looking at figures. And I know when it comes to my own money, I'm very intentional. But when it comes to the company money, it's, oh, well, it's it's going back in, especially because this is my pet project. It's, it's Coaching is something that I do because I'm so passionate about it. It's not done to earn income. It's not my bread and butter. It's because I love what I do. And that's why I spend most of the time doing it. And, and it's probably the least profitable of my businesses. And therefore, that's why I don't treat it as, um, you know, as, as creating wealth. And this is why I'm not creating my wealth. Isn't that funny? It's just, I've just been talking to you, I've put a streamlined, okay? It's not profitable because I don't have the intention to make it profitable. I'm just sending it to the universe. I love what I do. Send more clients my way. Let me help people. And I'm, you know, I'm in the yogi world and doing all sorts of stuff. And because mm-hmm. I make lots of money, it doesn't make me wealthy from my coaching business. If I wasn't, I'll say this again. If it wasn't from a property business, my coaching business, regardless of the amount of money I make, I'm not going to say how much I make. I make a lot. I'm not creating wealth from it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. How about yeah. just from the fact of paying yourself? Just yeah. And it was just from that conversation. This is a five-minute conversation we just had. And I was thinking, yeah, okay, why in this and to whatever. And I mean, before I, I said when it, when there's dips in there, I take the money out from other because I have the luxury. I can take money out from my property mm-hmm. with my other businesses. I take money from there and put it in here. That's how it even gets to that point when I'm doing that and I'm supporting this coaching business where the amount of money this my my company makes, I shouldn't have to support it. There should be money in here. Yeah, isn't that funny? Okay, so that's I think so. That's the first thing that I would need to do for my coaching business is create that intention and intentional spending for each or for every aspect and creating maybe something similar to my five bank accounts into something similar in here as well. Okay, yeah. so that would be the first thing. What would we do next? Yeah. So after we've sorted out your, I guess, your financials in regards to profit first, Mm -hmm. then is again, what are your, I guess, your systems and your processes? Mm -hmm. Because then is it a variable cost or is it a fixed cost? Mm -hmm. Because what tends to happen, especially with our subscription, and we love to get the whole suite rather than just starting with what we need, Mm -hmm. is that your variable cost tends to be your biggest cost. Mm -hmm. So that means you do not have a baseline where you can say, if nobody comes through the door, I only need 50 pounds for my business to stay open. Okay. So your variable cost keeps going up and down. That's why stuff like, you know, the annual payments and so on and so forth come very helpful, Mm -hmm. but also being able to pay monthly as well comes helpful because then you're also keeping an eye on your cash flow. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, it comes to kind of the intentionality of exactly what it is you're doing and you doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. So when you look at your business systems and processes, everything needs to layer each other. Okay, because when you started your business, you started it with a vision yes. of, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, 
be Mother Teresa and save all the starving kids of the world, which is awesome. Yeah. Then you have your mission and your values, which layer on that vision. Mm. Okay. Because you're an NGO, so probably you're more compassionate and all that rather than, you know, do business at all costs and so on and so mm. forth. So your values lay on that. And then on top of that, you have, okay, how am I going to deliver this? So what processes do I need to have in place? Mm. Okay. And when you have your processes and you know, okay, I need to onboard, I need to have a charity events, I need to have fundraising and all those, you then put your systems on top of that. Mm. And what usually happens now is people go with systems and then try to fit processes around your systems. Okay. Your processes need to come first because let's say everything crashes, nothing works. You go back to pen and paper. Mm-hmm. And that pen and paper needs to be what starts everything. And then the automation of the systems layers on top of that. Right. Right. And then when you have those, then your capability comes in. So for me to be able to do this fundraising using this software, I need somebody that knows how to do JavaScript. Mm -hmm. So then you start having a bit more understanding in regards to the kind of people that you can need to bring in. What tends to happen now is we go with the fad. We all need a VA. Hmm. Do you need a VA to do something specific? Do you need a VA to have a specific capability to deliver something specific within your business? Hmm. I need a VA that knows JavaScript so that they're able to then, you know, send this out for Hmm. my fundraising campaign. Okay. Very specific. So that's how you layer it so that you know exactly then what the costs are and you're able to ROI on it. You're able to ROI the capabilities that you're bringing in to know that, okay, this is how much this person is costing me and this is how much I need to make back so mm-hmm. that that person is cared for. And mm-hmm. also you can almost hold them accountable that this is the ROI we need yeah. for this role to be of value for you to still be adding value. Every person becomes an investment in the business and yes. they need to have they need to bring an ROI, otherwise it becomes a liability. Isn't that oh, that's really, really interesting way to look upon it? So every individual who's part of the company who you're paying a salary to or a commission to becomes an asset rather than a liability and brings a higher ROI rather than bleeding the company and um, being a liability. That's what I'm hearing. Is yes. that right? Mm. Much, yes, that's that's it. That's pretty much it. Because then when you have your quarterly review with your team, the numbers are there. Mm. So it's not anymore a matter of using X and it not being X. It's all and we don't even have to wait for the quarterly review to know that, oh, we need to ramp up on marketing because mm. we're paying this out, but we're not getting this back Bring in. Bring back, yeah. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. So that's, okay, so that would be step two then. And then what would be the next thing? Oh, step two. Yeah, that is step two. Mm -hmm. The step three as well then is the diversification within your business. Mm -hmm. Um, We tend to have the one thing Mm -hmm. and we sell the one thing, but that one thing can be diversified in various different ways. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of business, especially in the online space, they seem to be getting a grasp of this by offering digital products, by offering courses and so forth, but also for bricks and mortar, are there ways that you can diversify? And sometimes it's not about creating new products. It's about finding new ways to deliver your bestseller. Mm -hmm. 
And that is the way you start creating, again, those additional income streams within that one idea. Okay. okay. So have you maximized a bit? If, if I say like in the fashion industry, you have a top mm-hmm. and you can wear this top as a dress. You can wear it as a top. You can wear it as a crop top. Mm-hmm. You can wear it with trousers. You, you, do you see the image I'm yeah. trying to say? That you would have the one top and you can wear six different ways. Yeah. Can you say the same about your products and services? Okay. It's interesting because I think recently in our in our company, we have like a gazillion products, you know, from workshop to ETC to, um, you know, we've got some array of products that we offer. And we're doing the opposite. We're actually bringing it all down. We're actually narrowing it down to focus on, to, on the one product, which is our mastermind. But there will be different ways of that mastermind delivered, which is a 12-month program. But there's going to be things which I haven't considered, which is, um, you know, one-to-one work with me. At a, that's when we've kept for seven and eight figures. But even having in-person retreats when, obviously, when COVID finishes, having that. So there'll be other things available, but they're all centered around the one part, which is mastermind. We had smaller products available, but it's just, it was taking up too much of my time and our efforts and not bringing enough revenue for it to be be profitable enough. And we just thought, okay, you know, we, we have to focus on the one product, which is the one which I'm most passionate about, which is the mastermind, which gives the, the yeah. whole transformation. That's what I want people to do. So that's why, you know, my all my my freebies would be the podcast and my whatever information, my book and stuff. But people that I want to serve are the ones who I can give my attention to and, and give them the full transformation. Those are the ones we get the, the amazing testimonials from. And that's what I that's that's what keeps me going. Otherwise, there would be many times when I thought, well, you know, I might just put this, shut the door to this because I'm making money, but it's not profitable. I didn't put it together until speaking to you just now why it's not profitable. <laughs> and I'm a money person. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why I say we're all work in progress. But I love what I do. I, I mean, I could do this if you know for free, you know, if I needed to, because I love teaching people about and I do it both through my podcast yeah I love teaching people about money mindset but having your mindset correct is one thing but having the right strategy in place and you're teaching me the strategy which I want to be very very clear about I've said this time and time again building wealth requires you understanding the spiritual laws of money and the man-made laws of money what I Mm -hmm. teach are the spiritual laws of money and that can get you so far but in order for you to become wealthy you need to know and understand the man-made laws which are exactly what you're teaching me as well as the audience which is fabulous and you need to do learn both in order for you to have wealth with ease and grace miss any of those and then you're you're literally going you're chasing your tail you're going round around in a circle absolutely so, so third step is repeat so what's the third step again can we repeat step three third step is basically diversifying your bestseller mm. so that you're focusing on the one thing but then it's in the one top wearing many different ways many That's different outfits it. okay perfect yeah and what would you do after that then then that is where we have basically what 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 we try to do is definitely self-optimization mm-hmm. so we started off with optimizing yourself so make sure that you're in the right mindset space. Make sure mm. you're paying yourself and all of that. Your head is right. Yeah. Then the next step is business optimization. We look mm. at the processes, making sure that those are right and they align with mm. the self-optimization. Okay. We've had too many CEOs that got kicked out by the board because the business was doing A and they were still on Y. Okay. 
So get that. And then the last one is um, legacy optimization. Hmm. So what you want to start thinking about now is passive income, is hmm. disposable income. You And to do that, you have to have the cash flow. So that's why one and two are so important. That's why it's yeah. getting your head right is so important because then you have the cash flow. Hmm. There is no point you're trying to invest if you're in the negative. Yes. Yes, of course, you need to have the cash flow in place before you uh, go to step three. And step three is so important, you need to get there, but you have to have one and two in place first. Yes, yes, absolutely. So here now we're looking at, again, legacy optimization. So this is where now we are tweaking because we've got something that works Mm. and not works for them, works for you. Mm. Okay, so you have something that works. So now it's legacy optimization. Am I leveraging all the tax incentives that the government has got out there? Because think about it, a lot of the places where taxes are going is where the government wants to invest. So Mm. you can invest in those things as well. So are you leveraging those? How are you going about it? Mm. Then when it comes to your investment portfolio, what are your interests? Mm. What do you enjoy? What do you use around the house? Start from there in regards to where your passion lies. Maybe you're a business person. Mm. Maybe you can buy and sell businesses. I mean, I love Kickstarters and so forth because that is where I'm innovative. So I like innovation. So I tend to be around there and see what people are working on when new gadgets are coming out and, you know, invest in what attracts me and where I see the potential. But you want to have an investment strategy in regards to where do I see this going? What do I want to achieve? How much do I want to return? What's my time horizon around this? Do I want 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? Or do I just want to leave it there and then pass it on to the kids? Because then you have to start thinking about inheritance tax. Yeah. So I try to avoid all of that. And a lot of what I do is around living wealth. Mm. I live the wealth with my kids. Okay. I prefer gifting things to them now that they're alive mm. than handing it over in a will mm. where they have to deal with all the inheritance taxes yeah. on and so forth. So as much of what I can do with my living wealth, that is what I'm going to do. Then whatever okay. happens, so probably they'll get more with me alive <laughs> than when I'm dead, to be honest, yeah. which is the way I live my life. It's all about, you know, enjoying it now with them hmm. because they'll not remember, you know, when, they, and this is a good exercise I did with one of my coaches about writing my own eulogy. And when I was writing it, I was like, what are the kids going to say about me? What's hmm. my son going to come up and say? And a lot of what I want them to say is like, oh my God. Um, when we went to Cyprus that time, mom did this and this and this. I'm going to miss her laugh. I'm going to, rather than, yes, mom has left me this six bedroom mansion that, and that is me. Mm. That is my eulogy. So yeah. what do you want your eulogy to be? And that that is the way I'm building my wealth so that it fulfills that eulogy. So we're looking at tax, we're looking at investment, we're looking at your exit strategy as well. Mm. How do you want to exit your business? Because that would play on those systems and processes earlier on. Hmm. And the main thing about it, you guys, is that you are aware. Nothing that you are doing now is set in stone. Hmm. It's just you being aware that, oh, two years ago, I thought I was going to sell the business. Now that my son is 24, he seems very interested in strategy. Hmm. Maybe I'll set it up. I'll start tweaking my operating model. So that is the way you run your business so that I'm able to hand it over to him. Hmm. Because the way you package your business for sale is different from the way you package your business to hand it over to a loved one, you know, okay. to your sons, your daughters, and so on and so forth. So start thinking about it and start thinking about the exit strategy, not only for us, but your exit strategy for this life form. Wow. Okay. Wow. What That's a whole new conversation, darling, because I think um, exit strategy from this life form is something that most people avoid like the plague and would not want to think about. 
And as you were talking off camera, I, you know, I shared that someone very close to me at the age of 57 um, passed away, a very, very young man, an uncle of mine. And it's, yeah, you, you have to put those thoughts in place and you have to have those strategies in place. And if you are creating wealth, you need to be aware of that because the tax then will take 50%, 40% or whatever the hell it is, depending on your location. At least, it's, I think it's about 40, 50% of that for us in the UK. It's crazy amount. So you don't be doing all this hard work and let the tax then take, you know, half your wealth. You need to, you know, if you want to leave it, you want to leave it to your children and, and, and have strategies and systems in place to do that, to be not to evade tax, but to make it tax efficient. I think this is the point we need to make is tax efficient, not to avoiding tax. Yes, absolutely. And for me as well is that I'm very, especially working with you, I'm very aware of the emotions that um, I am attaching money and that yes. my kids are attaching to money. Yes. And the want is for my kids, and I only have two boys, for them to argue over inheritance. Yes. And I don't have to tell you this. We've seen it in Hollywood, in movies. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, all the time. How this breaks families apart. Yes. And that is not going to be me because mine is going to be very simple. Mm. And it's because I have thought of it. So don't think of it necessarily as you almost wishing death on yourself. I mean, mm. that is not what we are saying. No, no, no. It's about I am wishing well for my kids mm. because I've set everything in place. I've made it clear what mm. I want my desires to be. And more time than none, they'll already know it because we yeah. talk about money. We talk about these things. Yeah. So it's not going to be a surprise. Like, <gasps> dun, dun, dun. You know, if you watch any of the any of the telenovelas they're very mm. dramatic we, we don't want all that drama i want them to remember me for the joy the laughter the travels the food we ate mm. and not because they fought over Mm-mm. yeah so I, it's more for others than even for yourself if you don't want to do it for you because of certain emotions you have do it for the kids yeah do it for your partners do it for the yeah. extended family because trust me what i have seen and I've not seen it in my family, thank God for now. Um, but what I have seen is that when money comes in, everybody comes out of the woodworks. Yeah. Everybody. And you just want to make it clear. It's just about clarity rather mm. than, you know, getting back on anybody. No, it's all about clarity and peace. Yeah. And then, and also, you know, realizing the fact that I always say this, and I've said this because the spiritual laws of money, money doesn't like chaos. The more systems you have in place, the more clarity you have in terms of where the money is coming and where it's going, the more likely it is that large quantities of money will come to you because you've created that peace and serenity in the environment. If you create chaos, if you create confusion, money will leave. Or if it either will not come, if it does come, it will leave rapidly. And this is one of the reasons why I see, you know, people who are who are making seven figures or even eight figures and they can't work out where the money's going is because there's so much chaos in their life, in their mindset, in the energy around money, the money leaves. And what you're teaching today has brought that really home to me, how the importance of having the right strategies in place, because that creates peace of mind for you around money and money picks that up. And then it reflects back to you in terms of being, you know, coming to you more ferociously or coming to you and staying in your energy for a longer period, hence creating the wealth that we're talking about. All right. This has been a really interesting conversation, but I think we need to talk a bit more about legacies. Um, and when I think we'll we'll have to have you back on another episode of Money Talkies because you are one heck of a lady and I really in, I'm enjoying this conversation, learning quite a lot myself. So thank you so much. So what would be your parting comments? And, you, and when you, can you just summarize the, the, the four steps for us as well, please? 
Sure, definitely. So to set up your business to build wealth, the first thing you have to do is pay yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to pay yourself. The second thing you have to do is then focus on your best sellers. Mm -hmm. Okay, diversify those bestsellers because that's what's making you money. So get it to a bigger market. Then the third thing is looking at your systems and processes. Everything you do in your business has to layer on your vision. Mm -hmm. Okay, so make sure that they're all laying up on each other. And then the last thing was your legacy. You want to look at, am I leveraging everything that the government has got to give in regards to tax incentives? Mm -hmm. Do I have an investment portfolio? What is my long term? What is my gift to myself later on? Mm -hmm. What's my gift to myself now? You know, yeah. why not start from now? Mm. And then also your exit strategy, not only for your business, but also from this life form. So that as we mentioned, there's clarity, there's peace of mind, and then the abundance keeps flowing to you because yeah. it loves hanging out with you. Yeah, absolutely. Fabulous. Thank you so much. I mean, it's been such an interesting conversation today. I've absolutely loved it. So tell us, I mean, how can we connect with you and how can we go, come and find you? Oh, yes, absolutely. So you can find me on Facebook, social media generally. You can find me on Facebook as Anwin Ba. You can find me on Instagram as Anwin Ba. You can find me on LinkedIn as Anwin Ba. So again, um, it's A-N-W-I-N-M-B-A-H. And also feel free to visit my website, which is www.wealthfluency.com. Wealth and fluency, um, one word. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anwin. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, remember all these links that Anwin has just mentioned will be in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have all the links Anwin's just mentioned. I highly recommend you go check her out. She's one amazing lady and someone that I'm learning from. So you definitely can learn from. And I'm going to reiterate this point, learning both sides of the, you know, the both laws of money, which is man-made laws and spiritual laws money is essential. And it's the quickest way for you to build and create wealth. I teach you the spiritual laws of money and Anwin can teach you the man-made laws. So therefore I do highly recommend you go and check her out. And we will see you next time. And we thank you so much for being such an amazing guest. Thank you for having me, girl. Totally appreciate it. I had One, fun, definitely. I, so did I. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining me and Anwin today on Money Talkies. I will be back on another segment of Money Talkies, speaking to another amazing guest, picking their brains and finding out how you and I can build better businesses so we can create more abundance and wealth in our lives. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.